Not that you needed another reason to get into podcasts, but Google is now indexing podcast audio content in its search engine results. What does that mean for podcasters? Well, we're going to talk about that. Also in this episode, I talk about the new Google Question Hub and how you can use it to identify content gaps your competitors are not talking about. Plus, Facebook can now stop brands like you from using browsing activity for ad targeting. What does that mean for advertising? Let's find out. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and you're listening to episode 103. I hope you're well from wherever you happen to be tuning into the show. Now, the world of podcasting definitely feels like it's hit a nice saturation point where more and more people listen to more and more different shows and more and more different types of shows. I'm also noticing more and more of my clients are asking questions about creating their own podcast shows. Whereas, say, say about a year ago, I felt like we had to try to convince people that they had something to say as a business, uh, you know, f- something to talk about on a podcast. It feels like now they know what they want to say. Now they know they need to say something they know they want to show. They just need a way and help to how to actually get that show underway, how to get that podcast underway. Anyway, now it seems like there's even more reason to be doing a podcast for or a podcast for a brand. Last week, Google shared that they are now pulling podcasts into search engine result pages if queries match what is being talked about in the podcast. So what this essentially means is Google is indexing not only the transcripts, because before that's what we used to say, if you're going to do a podcast, do a transcript, and you still should do transcripts, that's important. But now if you're actually talking about something in the podcast and someone searches for that said something, it will come up in search engine results. So that's pretty awesome. And quick hat tip, by the way, to Impact Brand Design, where I first heard about this piece of news. Love all the, the stuff coming out of their camp. So like I said, before you had to really base your indexing off your title, uh, your description, and you know maybe your, your transcriptions as well. Now, this is pretty awesome. You know, Consider, for example, our last episode, episode 102, we spoke about you know, the, the title was, is HubSpot too expensive? Now, if someone searches, is HubSpot too expensive? Sure, it's going to come up. But in that episode, we also shared a bit of news around Facebook's F8 conference. And I mentioned that Facebook wants to be the Western world's WeChat. So if we just went by the title, is HubSpot too expensive? It's not going to index. It's not going to come up for that Facebook type query. But now it will. So that, that's pretty awesome. Now, what's also interesting is because, like anything else, podcasts are getting noisier and noisier and a lot of crappy and spammy ones are starting to come because bloody marketers will ruin everything eventually. Google is also currently looking into how to take into account show quality and how many people listen with a podcast, how many people people are engaging with a podcast. And they're using that, they're looking at how to use that in search engine result pages as well. So trying to avoid you know, all the scammy, I guess, podcasts that are coming out there. They're also looking at podcast publisher authority. So, for example, you know, we host ours on SoundCloud, which honestly, if I could go back now, I wouldn't because it's a pretty crappy host, if I'm honest with you. I mean, it does the job, but there's other hosts out there like Podbean where you can do dynamic ad insertion where you can actually put in an ad 
and let that ad run for a month or two and then pull that ad out. That, I mean, that, that's not the reason, but the point is SoundCloud doesn't always have the best reputation. So they're also looking at things like that. Okay, now what does this mean for podcasters? Now, there's, there's a couple of obvious ones, but firstly, on Google indexing actual podcast content, if you're doing a podcast properly, it really shouldn't affect how you do your shows, really, because a good po- a good podcast really boils down to really knowing your persona as well. Like, who are your personas? Who are you talking to? What are they interested in? What topics do you need to cover? What irks them? What do they find funny? There's going to be a huge overlap in knowing your persona and those things that I just mentioned and what they're searching for online. Now, I'm not suggesting don't use keyword research data at all. I'm just worried and, you know, I know this is going to create more barriers for good podcasts coming out there um, and particularly, you know, scare tactics by consultants and businesses trying to profit off them saying, oh, you know what, you have to make sure you pay us X amount for the keyword research point of view. Now, again, I'm not saying don't do the keyword research, but don't use that as another barrier to kind of get into podcasts. So, my point, so my point around the focus on your persona, knowing your persona intimately and using that to guide your content or topic plan is going to be key. On top of that, yes, sprinkle some keywords naturally into your topics. You know, like for example, when we do our podcast, we already know we're going to be talking about, you know, three or four buzzes or three or four topics. A lot of those top t- topics can now be dictated by uh, keyword research, but I'm not going to sit there and try to inject, you know, a keyword in here or there, it's going to naturally come out if the topic is aligned to that keyword research. Conversationally, it will come up. Um, and look, great podcasts always have and always will, they'll grow because of the content. They're going to grow because of the personality of the host, the authenticity of the host, and that's never going to change. So the other factor that uh, may not be as obvious, and I touched this on uh, on this earlier, is the podcast host, right? So again, if you're going to start a podcast, you know, use Podbean, use some of the other ones that are out there. I've spoken about it in previous shows. Um, look for the more reputable ones, the ones that good podcasts or podcasts that you like or the podcasts in the industry that you're in uh, that are using. That is also going to be a factor. Now, sticking on Google, let's talk about the new Google Question Hub. So, Question Hub is a new product from theirs and the idea is it's, you know, quote, Question Hub collects unanswered questions from users to identify content gaps online. Now, it's very hard to imagine, you know, there's questions Google doesn't know the answers to, um, but there is. It happens all the time. So, they've come up with Google Question Question Hub. These unanswered questions are made available via Question Hub to content creators like us um, so that subject matter experts and content creators across the internet can produce content that provides answers to previously unanswered questions. Awesome. Now, how cool is that, right? Like, it is literally uh, giving you things, questions, topics people are asking that don't have answers to. And if it's in your industry, that is a great opportunity for you to write content on. Now, the thing is, uh, there is a wait list. It is currently available in, in India, Indonesia, Indonesia, and Nigeria. And I find that interesting, right? Because... Um, these are not naturally English-speaking countries. So, you know, what I guess this leads me to believe is some of these other regions, there are a lot more unanswered queries out there. And funnily enough, I was in um, uh, Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago. I was on Hajj, actually. It's a, Mus- it's a Muslim pilgrimage Muslims have to do once in their lifetime. But anyway, point aside, I, I definitely found, like, searching for things online on Google, the search results weren't the same quality that I would find in Boston or Sydney, for example. So it's, it is interesting that they've gone to these um, non-English speaking backgrounds. So 
Anyway, like I said, there's a bit of a wait list. It's currently available in those three countries, and this is going to roll out uh, uh, globally eventually. You know, think about this. The, the ability to search, again, a database of unanswered queries um, that, you know, say for me or for our clients, you know, happens that we happen to be a subject matter expert on, that's a dream scenario. Now, Google Question Hub will be cool, but there are already ways you can do this. There are already ways you can find out content gaps in Google. Firstly, just Google it, right? You know, when you Google question Google, you'll get those questions that come up. And sometimes they don't come up. Like if you just put a topic, those questions, commonly asked questions don't come up. You have to put a why or a how or an asking kind of um, word there and they'll come up. That is like the easy way. But there's also a Google Search Console. Now, finally, honestly, this is a great opportunity for me to remind you not to sleep on Google Search Console. This is one of those tools that people used to think it's a, a, a Cody geeky thing where your 404s are and, you know, for the technical side of SEO. And that's definitely not the case anymore. It's definitely not the case anymore. So if you've never been in Google Search Console, I'll give you a report and I'll link to it in the show notes, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP103. So I'll link it in the show notes. If you've never been there, I'll, I'll I've literally got one in front of me. You know, this, the type of things you can find there are pretty amazing. There's a report that's called, uh, I think they call it the query report. And it will tell you a bunch of keywords, uh, queries, um, you know, that people use to get to your website, how many clicks they brought you, uh, the impressions, click-through rate, and gasp, your position, right? So this is really cool. So Imagine a report, and you can't see it in front of you right now, but I've got the query. So I'm looking at our one here in Google Search Console for Red Pandas. And the first query is a branded one, obviously, uh, Red Pandas Digital. And it said we got 115 clicks. We got uh, 1,000 or so impressions, uh, click-through rate of 11.8, and we're number one for that. Now, that's a branded search term. But then there's other things here, like inbound marketing agency, for example, and that's pretty cool as well. So yeah, it's showing me traffic people used to get to our website, showing me relevant, uh, sorry, uh, keywords or queries, relevant kiwi, uh, kiwis, kiwis, yeah, relevant kiwis, relevant keywords people used to get to our website, but also um, ones that they use that they didn't get to our website, where our search position is uh, one through to a hundred, or even it goes up to one hundred twenty in some places, and then it's telling me here we got you know two and a half thousand clicks from all these keywords. We got 300,000 impressions, an average click-through rate, and an average position. So really, really cool. Now, in terms of a couple of tips here, <coughs> excuse me, there's a couple of pro tips here we use for our clients. And one of those is focusing on keywords in the low tens, early teens. The idea is if I'm ranking for something 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, if I get them to page one, so which will be the first 10 you know, results, or you know, move them to the bottom of page, from the bottom of page one to the middle of page one, or from the middle to the top of page one, that's going to increase my click-throughs drastically, drastically, particularly if we can move them from the top of page two to the bottom of page one. And again, then from the bottom of page one to higher up on uh, sorry, page one. Um, now, uh, the keywords in the sort of the positions four to six, we look at in a defensive capability. So keywords four to six, how ca can we sort of defend, increase them slowly, but anything lower than that, you know, before the 15, 16, 17s, they, I, and I hate lowest hanging fruit. Everyone talks about it in our industry, but they really are lowest hanging fruit for us. Like how can we focus on those and bring those up? Because I know we're going to get uh, traction from those. Uh, and again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Now, 
I'll end with the other tech behemoth that is Facebook for this episode. Now, Facebook is currently testing out search ads. Funnily enough, we're moving from Google to this. As reported by Marketing Land, more marketers have noticed the option to select search as a placement when they're creating their ads is uh, appearing. So, you know, when you create a Facebook ad, if you've ever created one before, you have all these placements. You have uh, newsfeed, right-hand side, uh, in Messenger as well. Search is coming up for a lot of advertisers right now. Now, this is an expansion of a test they launched late last year, actually. And Facebook has said, we continually uh, do, we continue to test placing ads in Facebook search results and are evaluating whether these ads are beneficial for people and businesses before deciding whether to roll them out more broadly. <coughs> now, even for advertisers who have access to the beta, they can't actually select keywords or phrases. So it's not like you can start doing, you know, your product service keyword or take your Google keywords and drop it into this. You can't do that. It is a new ad placement and what it does is it will take your interests, uh, anything that you've already put there, your topics, and it will add it to a new search thing. So when someone searches on Facebook for something, um, you can get your ads to come up. The beta is, is, it is quite small and it's all also currently limited to a small group of retail auto and e-commerce advertisers. So not a whole lot of use for all of us at the moment. Any new ad placement on Facebook is very important, honestly, like any new placements that they have because there's always a lot, when this comes out, whenever there's new placement, like those Instagram stories, for example, there's always a lag before the competition catches on, which means first mover advantage is definitely there. Cost per clicks are always way low and it is always something um, to watch out for. So once we get access to it, we can definitely start testing it and watch this space. Finally, I'll end with one more big development out of the Facebook camp. And this time it's around user privacy protection. And the big change for us, uh, what do I, how do I call this? Nosy marketers, right? So ever since Facebook has had been slammed by, you know, God, think about it. Like you had the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Um, you had Mark Zuckerberg, you know, being slammed by the US Congress which honestly was so funny. It was like a young child getting harassed by a bunch of 90-year-olds on how and why the internet worked, right? Hilarious. But anyway, ever since then, Facebook has been on this public, you know, we are holier-than-thou PR mission, if you will. And if you followed us, if you followed my F8 summary in the last episode, episode 102, uh, you would have noticed that, that privacy is a big theme for Facebook right now. So to that end, they've released a feature for Facebook users to view and delete your quote off Facebook activity. So in other words, Facebook is giving people the power to stop brands from using their browsing activity for ad targeting, right? They're giving people the power, the brand, oh yeah, people essentially, to stop brands from using their browsing activity for ad targeting. That's not fun for us advertisers. The thing is, because of the, you know, and this is how they get the data, right? Like websites will install the Facebook pixel, right? All advertisers will install the Facebook pixel. So, you know, Facebook is getting your browsing data from there. You know, a lot of the websites that have sign in with Facebook to our site, things like that, or like, you know, something using the Facebook like on the website, all these little bits and bobs, that's how Facebook gets information about your browsing activity because of all these things that are out there. So they know what you're looking at. They know the products that you're interested in. That's how they get that. That's why it seems you get chased by like a million ads when you decide that you want to try out a new hobby. So 
they are calling the ability for you to do this for for the ability for you to view sites to see who which actually which sites actually have your information and delete it if you choose off facebook activity this is gradually rolling out to people in ireland south korea and spain right now and any listeners in those regions if you're already there please hit me up tell me if you have it tell me if you've used it what you think about it now of course this can impact advertisers because how will a cycling apparel uh, apparel company know that you're interested in cycling clothes if you've gone off and deleted your connection with say a cycling news website for example that you might have visited keep in mind that it's not something to be completely crazy about or you know completely worry about too much because honestly most people are pretty lazy and i've noticed this before you know when there's an option where they can go and delete their their cookies or browser behavior or whatever most people don't do it i'm not sure how many people are going to go into their settings and actually choose disconnect also it doesn't prevent a brand from advertising you based on things like your demographic information so again like if you know who you're talking to just like with podcasts with facebook ads we always say you got to know who you're talking to you got to know your persona and if you have demographic information someone deleting their browsing activity or their browsing behavior on Facebook or what you know what Facebook has it's not going to stop the demographic targeting i think the best piece of advice here though is to be proactive now people are mainly going to disconnect from you if you are annoying them for example rather than spewing a generic pushy brand retargeting ad uh, for example say someone visits a specific product or a service and you just push this salesy ad you know connect now get a free consultation or 15% off you know maybe that's a bit too broad so rather than pushing something like that you could promote a specific ad based on a specific page that they visited based on a specific product or service that they visited also sharing relevant helpful or educational content like i guess inbound marketing content is uh, less likely to peeve people off Now I think these changes are good because they force us to remember to make your marketing a little more tailored. Um and if it does that, I think it's actually a really really good thing. Anyway, that is the end of episode 103. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope you've learned something. If you have any questions, you know where to reach me uh, at @mobisadiq on Twitter or mobi@redpandas.com.au. Thank you and I'll join you again for another episode of In Bound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.